Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Hey, baby cakes. Hey, sleepyhead. Hey. Instead of sleepyhead, maybe more like fuckface. <laughs> or fuckhead. Fuckhead. Yeah, there you oh. go. What? <laughs> what? That's all I have what? to say is what? You don't like it? It's you. Yeah. That's for sure. Here at Upstate, how we communicate is we, instead of high fives and waves, we just middle finger each other as we walk mm. by each other. So I 1000% bought this when I was looking for a Halloween costume, just so I can walk by Chris's office with it on once. <laughs> well, I think it'd be perfect if you put a piece of tape over the mouth part. Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of like nightmare fuel a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, um, are we going to do the whole show like this? I hope so. No. It's, it's okay. kind of, it's very, there's no spot for the nose. Mm. Hey there. <laughs> hey. Hey. Check. Check, check, one, two. Oh, yeah. Good. Working. <laughs> uh, look, what, look what I got on. Ooh, look at that. Sexy tea. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I know Alex said not to read that, but it's getting read right now. Easy Way's line of eco-friendly chemicals will get the job done faster, more efficiently, and will cost you a fraction of the cost per screen. Easy Way. It's the easiest fucking way. Yeah. And Alex, he wrote that, which is a really good... Yeah. He um, specifically wrote that. Yeah. He said he loves it, and it took him a long time, and we should not mess with it yeah he said please don't deviate from that statement <laughs> right 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 oh look at you <laughs> it was uh let's just say um still recovering oh. <laughs> right mm -hmm. i like don't nap ever and i've napped more this weekend than i've napped well you're, really you're long time. you've been hanging out with me too much buddy <laughs> Oh, yeah. This still smells a little bit like Oklahoma. And you know what else still smells? Smells? You know what else smells? <laughs> Do you know what else still smells a little bit like Oklahoma? Our lips. Our, <laughs> our lips. <laughs> That'll be our oh, little secret, though. Hell, what? hell of a weekend. <laughs> Bring it on home, buddy. Yeah, so um, if you don't know by now, you fucking suck. But yeah, yeah. GSF, graphic screen fashion, they make screens. Make the best fucking screens in the world for screen printing. Hands down. If you're not buying Frank's screens, fuck you. Do the right thing. And we decided this weekend that all of the other ways to get to Frank are going away. In fact, it's not going to be called GSF anymore. It's just going to be called greatfuckingscreens.com. Mm -hmm. 
And that's how you, that's, that's going to be the sign on his building. <laughs> we told, we told Frank, sorry, bud. We have a pretty good pull on this. <laughs> Your new company name is great That's right. Uh, next we have action engineering. They make accessories printers need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Squeegees, flood bars, pallets, and everything mm. else. Speaking of pallet rubber. Speaking Speak. of, I just got some. Oh, look you're, at, yeah. Look, look how beautiful this is. And she, this right here is the 629060. And this is how we print white at Shirt Kong. That's so beautiful. Look at that. And you know, that's corners. what I'm saying. You know how we talked about that, about the pre cut thing? And did you see yeah. that corner right there? It's coming up. Ooh, look at oh, that. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know how I bought that is I went to actionengineering.com. I went, mm-hmm. put that in the cart. I went to checkout and I put shirt show. And you got 15% off. That's right. Well worth it. Monarch. <laughs> Great ink. Ink better. Print better. <laughs> Be, Be better. Monarch. Monarch. <laughs> Live Moss. Monarch. Ah, fuck. Yeah. How did we mess that up? Well, I bet you really sleepy. (laughs) I bet you it's because we're going on the least amount of sleep I've had since college. I literally woke up from a nap 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Well, guess what, uh, Dylan? Do you know where my room was? Do you know what floor it was on? Do you remember? Three, two. Come on. Two. Two. It's on two. And so when your room is on floor number two, that's close to the ground. Mm-hmm. And you know what window, when I looked out my window, um, I was on a corner. And when I looked out one of my windows, I looked out to the entrance and exit to the hotel. Mm-hmm. And guess what happens when the upstairs bar closes at 2 a.m.? Everybody fucking floods out. And you hear everybody some awesome conversation yeah i'm pretty sure i might have heard your voice last night i was where what was i oh my room is on the fifth floor and all i heard all night long every night was because of the fucking nightclub a floor above <laughs> I know. me <laughs> I know. <laughs> exactly i heard that too and then i don't know why but like i feel like we got pretty rowdy on Friday night and we probably kept some people up, but still it wasn't anywhere near whatever was happening last night. So, uh, yeah, not a lot of sleep. What was I going to say? Oh, this is what I was gonna say. I was gonna say, I think this is going to be the last of, well, I don't know. We're recording next weekend and it's the day before Halloween and we'll probably feel in the spirit, you know, like yeah. we still have to do we have another. one more. Yeah. We have one more dad joke to get in there. All right. So what's a ghost's nose full of boogers. You knew that one. You, mm-hmm. I feel like you knew that when you tell that one a lot, they're all boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So what'd you do this weekend? Oh God. Um, well, Let's see. The week before the weekend was nothing but printing every single day, trying to keep up on press, 
And then I finished the day off strong on Wednesday and I woke up Thursday morning at, I went to bed at midnight. I woke up at 3 a.m. I drove to Syracuse an hour away, got on an airplane, flew to Chicago. Okay. I hit in timeout like this. I feel like this is one of my stories. I think, I think here's what's happening. You're turning more into me and I'm turning more into you. I hope that's the case. Yeah. Because I need <laughs> a break and you need some life. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. I hope it is too. Cause I could mm-hmm. use a little bit of life and look, dude, uh, it ain't easy. It ain't easy being me. Mm-hmm. So come on, let's trade. That would, that would be so fun actually to trade for a week, let's just say. You know, and then I live, I'm Dylan and you're Andy. <laughs> uh, going to bed at what? 7.30. Hmm. Uh, eating mm-hmm. gourmet pizzas for dinner. That's a good life. Going on a nice walk with the yeah. cicadas and the mosquitoes. Uh, one more thing. Joanne? Yeah. Yeah. See? Uh, that's, it's worth it. <laughs> um, yeah. So Thursday. um, I drove straight to Frank's, took some pics of his shop. Yeah, something like that. There was some traffic. You know, I thought it was going to be four, but then, you know, Chicago. Chicago. I loved one one part. One time we were going to Uber to, um, I don't know where the fuck we were going to Uber to, but it said Uber ride 47 minutes. And then it said walking 14 minutes. That's Chicago. so disgusting. Um. But yeah, I drove to Frank's and then this was like, I showed, I just drove straight to Frank's before the hotel, before anything about print hustlers. Yeah. And then, um, do you know who Mr. MNR is? Do you know who the people refer to as Mr. MNR? Mr. MNR? Yeah. You know who that is? No. Hmm. Well, I picked him up on Thursday oh. and he got in my car and what happened was a 45 minute roast as i was driving to the city you're welcome because <laughs> you know what i remember about that situation is what? smiles and laughter for 45 minutes it was good stuff but it was basically the roast of andy redman and we should have aired it because well it would have been <laughs> it was good for some laughs but then you know what, what we did huh it's what it's what i'm here for that's true. That's yeah. one of the reasons. There's a they lot. Come, it's they they come to me so easily when I'm with you. Well, so we went uh checked in the hotel and then we went to um I think it was called Parlor. Do I have that right? Dude, it was I a pizza remember. place. Oh yeah, yeah. For the the meetup. There was a meetup, like a shop meetup, and we went and we were the last ones there, zero chairs. Yeah. Yep. Zero spots. And then, and then I pulled a, a random table over to add to the table, which was mm-hmm. a, like another, like a reserve table. And, you got and then I walked to the other side of that table and grabbed another table and brought it over. And then the, the waiter kept coming over and like moving them back. But yep. it was insanely loud in there. It was insanely loud. Like if we were standing next to each other, I would be yelling in your ear. We were yelling, mm-hmm. but so, some some real passionate moments happened in that room. They were special, dear to my heart. 
And we tried to, re, you know, like we tried to record it. We tried to get it on a video and so it, we got messed up, but you know what? We just lived the moment. Mm-hmm. We lived the moment. Mm-hmm. So there was a passionate s- smooch, you know, let's not uh, talk. I don't think we should talk. I really don't think we should talk about that. We can't not bring it up. I think we already did. We know what's happening, but nobody else JL, knows what's going on. JL, you know. <laughs> JL knows too. JL knows. Um, okay, so, and 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 then we went, oh, that's what we did. We went and got quesadillas. Mm-hmm. Um, they were delicious. We went and got quesadillas with the most sour cream I've ever had, ever. Okay, yeah, so here, let's just paint this picture. S- really fancy restaurant extremely good yeah it was very good bring us the quesadillas and all we asked for is like look can we have a little sour cream because they were big quesadillas too they were like meaty quesadillas they were Mm -hmm. and they brought out this little tiny thimble like this and it was a little tiny squirt yeah and we described it later in the car of it being the amount of toothpaste you would put on your toothbrush (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going was, somewhere else with that. Was we how, described it two ways, but yeah, that's one. Yeah, way. I didn't want that. Was a, that's a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like if you were to put toothpaste on your toothbrush. That's how much sour cream they gave us in these thimbles. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. really good sour cream though. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was especially, it was probably um, homemade, mm. farm to table. Yeah, out back. Um. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then, you know what we did? We went to, um, we ran into Nick Wood there and his gang. Yeah. We went up to the rooftop. I think we had just maybe one more drink and, you know, we were responsible. We said, let's go to bed. And we tell, like we told, we somehow convinced Mimoser to do the same thing. And he's like, yeah, good decision. Yeah. Let's go down. We've got a big day, big weekend. Let's call it a night. Mm-hmm. And we were responsible. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and we were the exact opposite the next night. Oh yeah. So what you <laughs> but, forgot to mention was the fact of, like I said, I woke up at three, I flew to Chicago. I immediately got an Uber, went to MNR for what, like five hours with a bunch of buddies, uh, some shops that have never been to MNR. We did the tour, checked out machinery, you know, just hung out, had a good time. And then Andy picks me up. And then we did everything we just talked about, but I was on like two, three hours of sleep and all day felt like that thing where like at at noon, it felt like it was five o'clock and at five o'clock, it felt like it was like 11 PM. So here we are at this rooftop bar and we're all like, man, I'm so tired. We should call it a night. And it was like nine (laughs) 30. Right. (laughs) I was the same way. It was like, uh, you know, we had gotten up. I had gotten hardly any sleep the night before. Like you said, crammed the weekend. And we drove to Chicago, you know, got up early, drove to Chicago. And yeah. I felt the same way. It was, uh, I was, I was exhausted. But, but and it knew- was nice to go to bed somewhat early on Thursday and be fully recharged for the the start of Print Hustlers in the morning. We had a very good day of speakers. Yeah. So I thought um, you and I thought we would have a special guest to kind of help us recap this because, well, for one, I can't remember. My memory's going 
anyway, but I can't remember half of it because of, you know, what we were talking about. So one of the, yeah, we got uh, Matt. One of the highlights of my, of that trip for me was what last night we went to dinner with Matt and you were recap like recapping what happened Friday night. And it was a lot different from what actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. I know the story. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. Where are you in a prison? <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I can't hear anything we can hear you totally fine yeah we so here, here's you. what we're gonna do uh have you are your headphones plugged in that's the first thing i always check because they're in your yeah. ears but okay. that does this Give for a living second. let me let me check something um the next thing i would do is go down to that mute in the bottom left i got it can you hear us i can Oh, <laughs> where are you? I'm floating in a white room. I know it's super echoey. You look like you're in a prison. I am of my own emotions. Um, I don't know, <laughs> I'm in my, in my basement right now. Okay. All right, boys. Well, listen, before we get started, I have a question. And my question is this. Who am I? <laughs> now, that is a good question, too. But uh, Matt right now is what I would imagine is what happens when you die. And he's the first person to ask you a question because he sounds like the Lord right now. Very echoey white room. Hello, everyone. Welcome yeah, to like heaven. A, and he's got this deep voice and all this reverb yeah. going on. No, I, my question is this. Did you have anything to do with this bullshit? I had nothing to do with that. That's the first time I've seen that. So well, I'm, it's not the first I'm time. sure show number one. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Um, let's let's be honest here. I, I, I had nothing to do with it, but I support what has been done to you. I mean, I got to I got to be honest with you. Well, for those who aren't watching and who are listening, uh, when we got there, we received some jerseys and Dylan's jersey says shirt show number one. And mine says shirt show number two. And I have a feeling it's more of Campus Inc's doing our good buddy Steven. I mean, you guys are kind of thing one and thing two. You, you come on, you know this. I don't know if you remember this either, Andy, but at one point on Friday, you kept chanting, I'm number two. Said <laughs> <laughs> well, before after he apparently jumped on someone's back that he later tried mm, flipping that's the story. That's what we were just talking about before you came on, is it was hilarious because Andy's like, I can't believe uh I can't believe I had to give someone a piggyback ride. And I was like, Wait, wait, wait. That's not that's not what happened. <laughs> you jumped on another man's back and then made him eat shit immediately after. I remembered somebody jumping on my back and then we fell and I saved us. I saved both of our that's lives. 1000% not how I have. That's <laughs> how it went in your drunken mind. That's, I'm, that's amazing. I'm totally sober walking along with this other man and Andy runs and jumps up on his back. And then he takes two steps forward and then just collapses. And I'm watching this happen, thinking Andy's face is going to smash off of the, the sidewalk. And luckily it didn't. And here you're like, oh, I saved this dude's life. <laughs> well, we, oh, uh, we all believe what we want to believe, I guess. That's exactly well, it. Yep. The reason why you jumped on this guy's back is because Joanne was on my back. I was giving her a piggyback ride and you're like, well, if Joanne's getting one, I'm getting one. What was I the stature of the man that Andy jumped on? Was it like a, a littler than Andy man? Or no, was he was bigger. 
He should have been able to hold an Andy. Andy's but it a, was a, unexpected. Teat fella. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Just I've been uh, I've been hitting no warning. Just, just violent no warning. Violent, violent back. back. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's not really fair. That's a that's like a sucker punch. Mm. It was good. It was. It's in my mind forever. Perfect. Yeah. Chicago. Mm-hmm. How was the blue line, by the way, yesterday? I, last I saw you, I put you on public, on public transportation. Yeah, so Matt takes me and Amy to the blue line, and he's like, yeah, you know, this side is you. You're two stops away. Just just go here. And I'm like, or me and Amy are like, uh-huh. And we get to the, we get on the blue line, and it stops at the first place. And we're like, well, all right, this is stop number one. And then we get to the next one, and the second one was Chicago. And we couldn't remember what the third one you said we should go to is. Grand. I said to get off right. at Grand. I know. Well, we figured that out. We ended up getting to Grand. And then we get off and Amy pulls up maps on her phone. And she, I'm trying to show her how, how maps work. Because apparently she doesn't know anything about geography. Like we learned that she didn't know that we were on lake a lake. I, I didn't want to throw her out. With, I wasn't going to do that yet. On the architecture, I was like, oh, yeah, we got the lake. She's like, oh, what lake? I'm like. <laughs> really? She's like, yeah, what lake? I'm like, uh, just one of the biggest. Uh, lake Michigan. She's like, really? I'm like, oh boy, yep. Uh, I lo- love you, I Amy. Love, Didn't mean yeah, to call you out there, so but much, yeah, was, yeah. yeah. So anyway, the, the the reason why I say this is that she pulled the maps out, and we were trying to and to to her credit, when you're in Chicago and there's like lanes above you and trains and everything, the maps kind of freaks out and doesn't really know where you are all the time. Yep. Yep. So we're walking, trying to figure out how to get back to the ACE or, well, she has a separate hotel and we're walking and we get, we finally get almost there. And she's like, okay, Hey, I think like I'm this way and you're this way. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, we, we hug it out and say, you know, I'll see you later. Uh, make it home safe or whatever. So I start walking the other direction. Like I can almost see the ACE. Like I know where I'm going and I'm like, you know, I look my phone, I'm checking my messages. I'm like, you know, I finally turn the maps on and I'm walking and all of a sudden she fucking comes like right up behind me and is like, Hey, I was going the wrong way. Like I literally felt my heart jump out of my chest because here I am in a dark alley trying to make it back. (laughs) And she just fucking comes out of nowhere. And she's like, yeah, I I took the wrong way. And I was like, Oh, like I thought I was going to die on the side of the street in one of the safest neighborhoods in Chicago. Yeah, very, very, very <laughs> next safe. to the Google campus. <laughs> so many nerds would have like jumped out of the bushes asking to sign up for their software. That's that's about the only mm-hmm. only thing you've got to be worried about there. Yeah, uh, what a good, what a, still one of the best Uber rides of my life. That was a oh, that was very good. All, yeah. all squished butt to butt in the back seat. Just I think we can say this. This this isn't a bad. We won't get into what we were talking about but matt said something we got an uber and the guy's name was jesus and i think i think it's jesus but to us it's jesus well anyway matt says something super inappropriate well we're both saying something super inappropriate and amy's in between us and we're smashed into this was a tiny car i could barely it was was a malibu right i had to put my arm up like this because i this was the only way we were fitting in this vehicle so anyway we say something super inappropriate in this vehicle and amy's like jesus 
invoking our Uber like, driver's name. <laughs> and we awkwardly laughed. There was like five five minutes of like just like giggling under our breaths, trying to not like engage with what had just happened. Uh, it was it was a very mature moment, and I'm I'm proud of it. It was yeah, it was very good. Um, yeah, good times. Good. Time. So anyway, let's talk about uh, print hustlers. Yes, let's talk about print hustlers. Sure, let's do it. Nothing. Go ahead, go ahead, Andy. <laughs> I mean, what, what, it's your um, show. Lead, lead the way. Well, one of the ones um, that I liked on, I liked a lot of them. So I, it was difficult for me to like pull these takeaways out. But um, at dinner last night, we were talking about. Um, Kevin and is it it's uh Baumgart, right? Baumgart, yeah. Um, and so if you don't know, Kevin is like he's an expert on sales and he does come some like consulting um on sales. And um, in fact, I think you guys did a podcast with him once and uh and it's like a couple hours long. And so if you want to hear um some things he has to say, you can check out uh Print Hustler's podcast. Or sorry, Printavo podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things Kevin talked about. Um, that locus of control. And I mentioned it last night at dinner because I think it was um, a good thing. And I couldn't remember, I couldn't tie it into what Kevin was talking about. And I think maybe you will do a better job, but locus of control, I wikied it. And it is the degree to which people believe that they, as opposed to external forces beyond their influence, have control over the outcome of events in their lives. A person's locus is conceptualized as eternal, a belief that one can control one's own life or external, a belief that life is controlled by outside factors which the person cannot influence, or that chance or fate controls their lives. Individuals with a strong internal locus of control believe events in their life are primarily a result of their own actions. So I love that. And do you remember why you said that? Yeah, so it was talking about, and yeah, Kevin is a genius and great. Uh, I know he works with Printavo a lot. I think he's worked with Steven. Every, I've seen him talk like three or four times and every time I'm taking notes down. Um, so he was using it in when you're hiring a person and you hear about their previous jobs, right? And we all have these friends too, oh, right? Yeah. You have your buddy who's like, oh, well, my last job, like the boss was this and they were that. Well, the other job, like this boss was this, this, it's, it's always somebody else, right? It's Someone never you. Fault. It's always somebody else's fault, right? So if you're when you're hiring somebody, <clears throat> if they're using that kind of th- th- that verbiage, right? Well, they, them, as opposed to like we or I, and also owning some of that as well. Even if it's kind of like like oh, you know, it, it wasn't great for me. At least then you're still looking at it from a you perspective. Um, so really making sure that you're not getting one of those they them's that are constantly like they're the problem. It's them causing it all that. So having somebody that has a good locus of control uh, is, is always a, a better, I think, employee to try to find. I think a better person in general to try to find to be around too. Yeah. yeah no. Kevin was a big takeaway for me. I enjoyed sitting through that one again. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, I feel like most of the speakers, you're, the one you're talking about was was what, Saturday, right? But Friday was was mostly in the main room and we had all the speakers all day. Um, and I feel like almost every speaker on Friday was like had some kind of takeaway. And for me, it was the fact that we've talked on the last couple episodes about how what 
what all of us should be doing is we should be saying, we always talk about saying no, but the big thing is we should be saying no to stuff that's not in our wheelhouse or stuff that bogs down the presses and all this other stuff. And I feel like it was probably just me because it was in my mind, but like, I feel like almost every person who talked on Friday said something about that, like to probably should say no a lot more to stuff that's just like fucking slowing you down or stuff. It's, that's it's just funny like, though. You're, you're absolutely. It was funny though. Cause Jacob from Jack Prince kind of then saying the exact opposite on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Right. Like and I completely agree. Like everyone on the first day, like absolutely like find your wheelhouse, do what you're good at. And then you have Jacob being like, Oh, well I've made a, a, a juggernaut of an empire out of like, saying yes to everything every and single figuring thing. out what the hell I have to do over promising and then having to figure it out. It's so it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I think you have to figure out who are you, right? For most people, I think, I think the, what the first day was really preaching of, Hey, find your niche. Also what Steve Albini was saying, which that was also just mind blowing. I did not expect him to come in with like a legitimate, like written down, like clearly also rehearsed well done thing. Um, and then the, the, the questions were so candid and awesome. Um, but really focusing on like, Hey, find your creative core, stick to it. And then don't really give a shit about anything else. Right. It's like, do what you want to do, how you want to do it. Eventually it'll get appreciated. And eventually you'll, you'll end up kind of getting, getting somewhere with it. Um, but then that same punk rock approach the next day from Jacob, like, yeah, I could only do these things, but I wanted to, to do more. I wanted to learn more. I wanted to figure out more. So I think for some, like if you are that entrepreneurial spirit, that, like just likes to solve things, maybe you, you shouldn't say no as much. You should say yes and figure out how the heck to get it done and kind of help grow your empire a little bit. And then it's kind of filter down from there. But it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a hard one. I think that I agree. Most shops should say no a lot more. Uh, I think my yeah. shop should say no a lot more, but when you see somebody like Jacob, it's kind of like a man, should I be, well, I feel like he was just more interested in the fact of like innovating things. Like he was very into the innovation of moving screen printing forward in his shop, other than just the basics of like, this is how I print a t-shirt. He was like, this is how you print a t-shirt, but this is how I think we could print t-shirts and be a step ahead of anybody else. Which also, is, but he also is still like, I want to, sure, paper sounds good. Uh oh, right. paper printers are expensive. Oh, you want to do promo? We made a catalog promo. I don't know how to do promo. Uh oh. Um, yeah. It's different. It was just funny seeing that, like, that complete different. Uh, but at the, at the core, though, I thought all of them were saying the same thing of like, be true to who you are. So, if who you are is, I like to screen print, I like this scene, stay there. Right. right. Work in that scene. If you're, I like to solve problems and kind of like work with everybody. And if I can't do it, figure it out, then that's your core go there. Um, but all of them and seeing like the different punk rock paths that everyone, I mean, this industry is full of, full of us idiots. Right. But yeah, it, it's, it's, it's one thing to see a Ricardo who already seems super polished or even like a Kevin who seems super polished. It's another thing to see like a Steve Albini or a, a Jacob who's like, here's me being an idiot doing drugs in the eighties. Right. right? <laughs> and now here's me now. You're like, dude, that's whoa. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. I like, um, I liked that a lot of the, the guests weren't from the industry, you know, because they brought this perspective of maybe it was entrepreneurship or whatever they were in, whatever business or industry they were in, they brought um, this perspective and you know, it, what's, 
what's interesting is it all overlaps. I mean, we share a lot of the same, there's a lot of common ground, you know, even though you come from the different industry. And so I liked that it wasn't just, and I, I think that's what separates print hustlers from say a, a normal, like a convention where there's a equipment and stuff, because there's a lot less like geeking out on, you know, equipment or, or chemicals or inks or all that kind of stuff. And there's, it's just a lot more focusing on how am I growing as a person, as a company, you know, um, as a business, more like the business side of stuff. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. that's what's special. I think I, I, get, I get the equipment scratch when I go to the trade shows. I think Print Hustlers gives me the, the mental yeah. scratch, right? Well, it actually like expands what, my, what I have been thinking about, looking at other ways to see the things. And all of us are business owners of some sort and trying to get ahead in whatever, whatever industry we are in. We all have similar paths and similar stories. Just you might change a, a few key variables. There's plenty to learn from everybody. It's also, I think it's fun to have not just the same same players playing the same game year after year, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm a firm believer in, in that, that there's a lot of other industries that you shouldn't, you shouldn't just like, if you're interested in learning, especially about our screen printing industry, you shouldn't just listen to other screen printers. Like I, one of my favorite things is like, I, I listen to podcasts of dudes that are like, in the construction construction industry or like other trades to where you realize how fucking similar they are. They're just not printing shirts. They're doing something else. And you hear about how they pass something or how their business operates or whatever. And it's like, listen to the dude with the salsa, like how he's just like, yeah, I fucking like was supposed to show up here in Canada and I wore a Mountie outfit and everyone was like, look at this asshole in this Mountie costume. And he, stole the show and a bunch of people knew who he was and recognized him and wanted to see what he was doing. And it was like, that was the whole point. It didn't have anything to do with, I don't know. He just had a little idea and it worked or Renfro example of him yeah, is the yeah. perfect example of how we have common ground because that guy, um, he is a contract printer kind of because he makes salsa for other other companies, right. you know what I mean? Like in his factory, in fact, I was think that was one of our questions uh, or one of our takeaways from, we asked a question on our, on our story and said, Hey, what, what are some of your takeaways? And our city says, you know, like Renfro is a contract printer too, just like us. You know what I mean? Just for, he makes salsa instead of t-shirts. Right. And he kept is saying, he, like, I wonder I if he's making their salsa or if he's just like repurposing his own. Like it's, he's, he's a contract printer. If he's like taking their ingredients and having to put it together, like their designs, if he's just relabeling, I, I think both. Well, he yeah. was saying that they would come to like, people would come to him and be like, Hey, I want, I want this salsa or whatever it was. And they'd be like, I want to use fucking these like hefty ingredients or whatever. And he's like, well, if you actually want salsa, that's going to go to market and we can like bottle this and use it. Like you have to like, lower your expectations like if you want i think he made an example of like roasted tomatoes or something he's like if you want to do roasted tomatoes it's going to be like 35 dollars a jar or if you want to do like a quarter roasted tomatoes and then just like regular tomatoes then it's going to be where it needs to be like you kind of need to sacrifice certain things in order to get to work and so i feel like that's how a lot of it was is that they had an idea and he had to bring them to reality and be like this is how we can actually make this happen so um, yeah, I feel like his was one of my favorites and I feel like I, I missed funny. that one. I'm bummed. I missed that. And the one. funny thing was too, is like, I came back to the shop today and I noticed that the two days I wasn't here, everyone in the shop, like ravaged the shop snacks. Like they're like almost gone. 
and I opened the fridge because I needed a tea. And in the door on the fridge was a Renfro's salsa. <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah, that's awesome. Like it. Yeah, so. I mean, which is exactly what we have to do as printers sometimes. I mean, a customer comes to the front counter or they email or we're on the phone with them and they have, they want certain things, but we have to steer them in the right direction. Sort of like what I guess Renfro does, like just to make sure that their expectations can be met and uh, it's within their budget, you know? And so it's, mm -hmm. it's perfect overlap, isn't it? And so it's so great to hear um, people that aren't from uh, like the screen printing industry. It was, I thought it was great. So a question for both of you guys, going back to Kevin Baumgart's thing, um, he was saying that every quote you send out should also have like a five minute call to review that quote over the phone with the person. I have a lot to uh, say about that. Yeah. So that sounds great, but I doubt that's what's actually happening anywhere. Um, so Andy, what are your, uh, what are your thoughts there? So I had this idea um, and it was during them, the pandemic or kind of coming out of the pandemic. And that was to build a virtual showroom uh, where uh, I just have a room, it's set up with a camera and it has uh, a, a spot where we can go where you can hear. And so what we would do is we would, um, we, you know, instead of just sending it, because what we do mostly right now, 90 something percent of what we do is just send an email with a quote in it, right? And we have no way to track like who says, who actually um, converts and, and purchases from us. We don't have a system like a CRM system that will show us that. Um, but this way, and I think he's right, because if we're bothering to send this quote and, and build this quote and send it to them, I think we're dropping the ball once we hit send. Because why isn't it that we do exactly what he said and say, look, how about like a, a five minute phone call just to go over this quote or even better, Here's a Zoom link. I'm gonna show you the Gildan 18500 and the Richardson 112, the non-existent Richardson 112 hat that, um, that you're wanting so you can compare or whatever. You can compare this Gildan 18500 to, to a Bella Canvas hoodie. And you can be standing there and you could show them both to them. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm just kind of go over it because I have people that um, sometimes we don't have to do that. Obviously, if they're a repeat customer, you can just send off the quote, the email, and that's all they need is a price. But other times, if they're a new customer, I think that um, going, ex going the extra mile and showing them the care enough to take time out of your day to either pick up the phone and call them to go over the quote and see if they have any questions or do an actual Zoom call. Everybody's really familiar with Zoom. That's it. The pandemic changed the world. We have no problem jumping on a video call. Why don't we do it with quotes? You know, I agree. I, one thing I've been trying to start doing and haven't quite gotten it going yet, but with Sound and Furies, I want to put in, uh, in the customer notes, we, we obviously use Printavo. So when you send the quote in the customer notes, you can have hyperlinks. And I want to put in a little hyperlink and you click into it and it's like a 90 second loom video of either myself or my partner, Mike, explaining what the, how the quote's laid out, what the process is going to look like. So, hey, once you click the approval, deposit request is going to come through. Here's what's going to go through. Maybe even have like a quick walkthrough of like where it's going to go in the shop and just give them that nice little like 90 second. Um, like a flow. Right, right. To kind of like help them like, oh, okay, this is what I can expect now um, mm -hmm. to kind of help break up some of those questions. And I thought that was a good idea. Then I'm thinking about it like, well, man, based off what Kevin's saying, and he's, he's, he's not wrong. If you're just like quote and hope, like it's, 
it's not quite as efficient. And same time, having a shop where it's really my partner, Mike, there, that's really it. We've got somebody that can kind of help in once in a while. I can help end of the night with some quotes and things. But I don't know if he's got the time to commit to also doing a five, 10 minute Zoom with every single quote he has to push through. So it's one of those things where I'm trying to figure out what is the best middle ground or is it better to say, okay, well, screw it. I mean, everyone has to have that. And we have to figure out a time crunch and rearrange how things are going to go. Maybe Saturdays become print days only and Saturdays have to happen weekly. It's That's the hard part. Being a smaller shop, how can you actually implement something that's going to take up that much more time? Because if you're doing, I mean, I guess it's like 10 quotes a day, right? That's still another 50, 60 minutes if it only goes five minutes each time, which is probably not going to. So then it's another mm-hmm. hour, hour and a half in that day. That gets to be a little hard now. What it's like, I think in the context he was talking about it too, is more when you're like hiring for your first time, like an out, outbound salesperson or a, um, a somebody that you're kind of just paying to be a sale, a sales gig worker, essentially. That makes a lot more sense for me, like having a customer service perspective and like that's their only job is getting quotes and closing quotes. I think it's a lot harder for a lot of shops to actually live live by that when they don't have a dedicated person just doing sales there. That person is the owner. That person is the manager. That person is the is the is the right. Um, so trying to figure out a way to like use that same idea of not doing quote and hope um, and getting a little more. I'm, I'm not sure if that link. Uh, the, the loom link and the customer notes when they open the quote is it because they already have had to open the quote on their own and I'm not there to like gauge their initial reaction which I mean that would be helpful like if you're in poker seeing their hand you see the reaction it, it, you, it helps tell you things but I don't know what are your thoughts on how to try to implement that idea for a shop that just doesn't have the bandwidth to do that well I I feel like I've done both like when I had the button company and sold it and moved to Atlanta and I was doing sales, like I was learning sales kind of as I went, like I was figuring out my own way of doing things. And when I did the button stuff, I would never call anybody. Like I was always like sending MySpace messages or emails or whatever. And like, that's just how I wanted to communicate because I felt weird calling people. And then when I went to Atlanta and I was doing sales there, I was dealing with a lot like bigger clients. And I felt like the best thing I could do was, and my boss at the time there was, came from a different sales background. Like he was more in like the kind of corporate sales thing and then started doing the shirt stuff. And he taught me like, if you want to get it done, just pick up the phone and call somebody. And we would have months where I was trying to like, the way we did was base first commission, kind of like he was talking about in the, and the thing, and I would get to the last week of the month and I'd be like, all right, well, I want to get my nut at the end of this month. So I need X amount of, you know, thousand dollars or something to hit that nut that like two days before the end of that month, like I was on the phone almost all day. And I found out I could make so many more sales on the phone than I could if I was just sitting around waiting for somebody to reply. So like I would go through and you could see an invoice list, all these draft like invoices. And I would just call that person who had a draft and be like, Hey, I just want to make sure you got your invoice. Uh, and you saw the mock-ups and everything else. And they're like, yeah, I got the email. I just, I just haven't got around to doing it yet. And you're like, okay, well, you know, do you have any questions? And they're like, well, actually, you know, I was wondering about this thing. You walk them through it real quick. And you're like, well, I can take the payment over the phone now if you want. And they're like, okay, yeah, let's just do it now. Cause that's easier for me. And then they do the payment and it's done. And I feel like I could just stack up so many more 
orders that way because people get to a point and it, this happens for everybody. It's the same thing of like going down a spiral on the internet late at night. Like they're in their bed at night on their phone or something and they go down a, a spiral of doing something. They might be like, oh yeah, I'd like to order t-shirts. And then the next day after they sleep, they're like, yeah, I, I want to order shirts, but like, do I need them as bad as I thought I did last night? Kind of thing. You know what I mean? And they're just sitting on that invoice. And I feel like as soon as you call them, they're like, oh yeah, fuck, I should just do this now and get it done and over with. So here upstate, I kind of always had the mentality of like, it's so much easier to just pick up the phone and call the customer and like ask them a question about the mock-up or get them to get the invoice done. But it's hard for me to teach the customer service people I have and sales people I have because they, they're in the mindset of they don't want to pick up the phone and talk to people. They'd rather just send the email. And I always tell them, they come to me, they're like, well, you know, there might be a color issue on something. And they're like, Oh, I emailed the customer about it. I haven't heard back. And it was like, that was two days ago. I was like, what's their number. And then they give me the number and I call right then they pick up. I'm like, Hey, did you want Brown or did you want tan? And they're like tan. I'm like, okay, cool. Hang up the phone. And then I look at them and I'm like, like I solved this in a minute. Like, I mean, Steve Albini said that if the phone came out after text, it'd be the biggest thing ever. And, uh, Jacob from Jackprint said, I don't answer email. You, you call my phone, right? right? He doesn't even do the email thing. So I mean, both, exactly both those. Yeah. You're, you're, you're definitely not wrong. The hard part, like you said, not everybody's great with that. Like my business partner, Mike, you know, Mike, I love Mike. Right. When you get to know Mike, he's an awesome human and he'll talk your ear off when it comes to sales. To, and this is nothing he'll admit too. He's still fresher to sales. I don't know if he's going to be able to pick up the phone every single time, and like go call that person. So I don't think he should guess, be, you know, because he's in production and all of a sudden when he's, he's all of a sudden you're pulling him away from, you know, in production, I guess, essentially. Right. And so going in like us, fifth gear to go to like third gear, just like that it's is hard. It's, it's very hard. You know, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're in this zone of sales and now you're in the zone of, of printing. It's they're completely different. And so for us, we have four inside sales people and or inbound, you know, so they, they essentially, they write all of our, most of our business here. And uh, for me, I would rather um, have them take time out of their day to pick up the phone and call when they send out a quote or do the, this Zoom call thing so that we convert 100% or as close to 100% of our quotes as we can and understand that that's costing us money because they're spending time doing that. Um, and be okay with that because, you know, look, yeah, if you, you could actually even hire somebody and whatever that person costs, Matt, you know, and they're going out and, and let's say they're, they are picking up the phone or even going, uh, Kevin even suggested going to their place and, and presenting and saying, Hey, you know, here are the shirts, here's the art, here's, here's, here's our quote. I mean, that stands out from other shops. And if you're trying to get that sale, that's, that's big time. And so I think that that person, whatever you're paying that person, and it could be a um, base base plus commission, you know, situation. Whatever you're paying them, it's going to come back tenfold. And so I have no problem um, um, doing that. And I and I really loved that. That might even be like the one of the biggest takeaways uh, for me is hearing that again, reminding me that that's a really important thing to do. So um, I don't know. I think that you're right. It's a struggle because a lot of shops don't have that person and they don't have that time. Our speed to quote is so fast that most people who we send our quotes to are like, wow, I, I can't believe you sent this so fast. Like sometimes like 
10 minutes. You know, we get that we get a contact from our website and it's they've already got a quote 10 minutes later and they can't believe it because I think they're used to maybe maybe even sometimes never getting a, a response back. And so um, really important things, speed to quote. And you can't be fast to quote if you're on a press finishing a job because they're coming to pick it up at three o'clock or, or FedEx, ha it has to ship out at three o'clock. Well, and I you think, push that quote I off. think the thing is too, is like I said, like if, if they're in the moment of wanting to order shirts right then and there, and they send that email to ShirtCon and ShirtCon gets back to them in 10 minutes, it's still fresh in their mind that they wanted to order shirts. But if they send a quote out and they don't hear back until the next day, Time then they're kind of like buyer's remorse opportunity, right? They're like, oh, well, maybe I don't need shirts as bad. And, as and, that's, I mean, and that's that's the hard part. Is we've got automations like so. If a quote comes in, a quote request comes in, it triggers, it texts Mike, it, it texts me. One of us will, will jump to it. So I mean, the poor guy's definitely having to get pulled from fifth gear to third gear all day long, which that does wear on you too. So I mean, we're we're pretty good about getting those quotes out uh, pretty quickly in most instances. I think it's just the hard part is saying like, yeah, switch to only doing a zoom call or a phone right. call right when you send it right then and actually like talk to them i, I feel i mean that's, i wish that sounds great i just don't think it's really feasible until we can hire a new employee which is still my my uphill battle of what has to happen for sound and fury this this coming years we we have to get i think after i was talking about this right now i'm going to add that to my sales meeting and talk to them about it and maybe even see if i can get some kind of conversion thing to see how effective it is to just be like, Hey, let's try this for like a month of every time you send out a quote, just give them a follow-up call right then and there and say, Hey, do you have any questions? I just wanted to let you know, I sent your quote. It's going to help without a doubt. I'd be curious to what that metric actually looks like too, but I, I, it's for sure going to gonna help. I think it's just going to be like pulling teeth to them because it's one of those things is me as an owner coming to them and be like, Hey, I want you to try this thing. They're going to be like, Oh, fuck you. When you're not here, I'm not doing that shit. Um, but I guess we'll see how it goes. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Mike. We're gonna also switch, I think, too. <laughs> Try what I want to see with Mike is I want to see him with like a Bluetooth thing in his ear all day. So while he's printing, he can be like, "Hey, Mike here." His hair just slicked back all of a sudden. He's wearing like a like a tie too, just on press. Well, <laughs> you know, as an incentive or a motivator to um, implement whatever you want, if you want them to call or you want them to do a Zoom or whatever it is, as an incentive. Maybe it's for every quote that converts to a sale. That's 10 bucks e additional, like up I mean, and above he's, whatever. He's part owner. So, I mean, he gets, it's, there's no more incentive other than owning already. That's, that's, that's part of it too. If we had an extra body, that's. His incentive is more sales in and more money. In his more body. money. In, right. Exactly. True. But for you, Dylan, that's, it would work, you know, and for here it would work. Like if, if they're resistant to saying, oh, I don't really want to call somebody, but if we do, like, like, do you guys do that with your inbound sales team? Do you do like a, every time you close something, you get a dollar amount, a fixed amount? No. Or I think no. if they if they close sales that day, I'm willing to let them have lunch break. Mm. <laughs> he puts the slop bucket in the room in the trough. Right. They're, they're allowed to eat with no hands. Right. Exactly. Well, yeah. they must have got a lot of sales when you were gone because all the stuff was gone. Yeah, they just ate it. Yeah, it they just bad. ate it. Good. Yeah. But you're willing, you're willing to actually try that though, Andy, you'd even think about that. If you switch what? to like the, giving them like five, $10 every time they close a quote. Definitely. We, hmm. I, are they listening right now? Probably not. <laughs> okay. Well then you're, you're safe. Otherwise they're all coming tomorrow. Like the funny hey. thing is, is I've heard, I heard that a couple times this weekend and I, I don't know. I haven't really 
put it into place here is a lot of like commissions on sales. Cause everybody I have is like I said, it's just, it's not really a sales team. They're literally just fielding emails all day. Like we're not basically not at all like hunting for jobs. I literally just have people answering the normal stuff that comes in every single day. So they're, they're but I bet like their, their speed to get done would go up higher too with like, no, it would like if I was like incentive. incentivized. Right. But I'm just saying like, I haven't done that, but I feel like John at Logo Daddy was talking about that quite a bit too of like, yeah, I do this like structure and whatever. And I was like, fuck, maybe I should try that. And then you know, we, we heard about it in that talk about, you know, commission-based stuff. And I just don't know how I would do it here because they're not out hunting for the things. They're just coming here. So who gets what job? And like, does if it goes to your email, is that your commission now? You should make them fight to the death for it. Battle Royale. I think so style. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's your life and ten dollars. What's <laughs> ten bucks is ten bucks. That's so. the best incentive ever. You get to live, right? right, squid, right, right. squid game up in here. Um, so, how much more time do you have, Matt? I mean, we we have my fam's got some some dinner plans to get to, but we can. What do we What do we want to chat about? Well, well we talked about like one of the talks at the entire Print Hustlers conference, so. I didn't know if there was any other takeaways that you had. Specifically. I missed the first half of Ricardo because everyone, it, there was no seats right when we got in there. And so I was like, okay, I'm not technically a paying person. So I'm going to not take a seat right now. Um, so I kind of like was out, out to the back and I caught the second half of Ricardo. It was uh, very entertaining, a lot of high energy. I enjoyed that almost every single speaker, even the ones you didn't see it coming from, dropped at least one F-bomb. Um, I, I don't know why, but the, the four-year-old me, really enjoys that right um steve albini, because we're pieces I mean, of shit yeah of course that's exactly what it is i mean steve albini i think was was the biggest takeaway for me i already said like kind of him and him and jacob were the ones that i think were the most entertaining um tom radden was also amazing just listening to his whole design thing and just watching what he's done i can't really relate because i don't have talent like he has so that was kind of like a, oh this is what talented people are like um still awesome for me honestly it was just kind of surreal in one essence so i've been to all five print, print well last year we were all there right remotely but i've been to all five print officers conferences and it's fun to think that the first year i went i was selling supplies and consumables and equipment and was in a room of like 25 people like a we work and then now on the fifth one i'm senior success manager at printavo and I also made a side software that I was able to actually make money with and sponsor the pronouncers conference. So like for me, the, the biggest takeaway was that this industry is amazing. And the more I kind of focus in on it and work with good people, the more it continues to like pay itself forward in my career for me and then help bring everybody else forward at the same time. So it was kind of like a big surreal, like this is awesome. Um, Last year, I would have been at the Pronouncer Conference since it was virtual. Didn't really hit the same, I guess, right? So my first Pronouncer Conference working for Printavo. Um, and it's seeing that growth and then also seeing behind the scenes, knowing how hard the team works to do all that stuff. Uh, just cool seeing it come to light, you know? Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing, honestly. Like everyone we've talked to basically was like, we appreciate events like Print Hustlers and Long Beach and all this other stuff because we get motivated by seeing the equipment or hearing these people talk about their businesses and how successful they were in certain things or how unsuccessful they were makes us not feel alone and all this other stuff. And then we, 
we get our brain juices going all day at the conference. And then immediately after it's like, Hey, fucking 700 people that are into the same industry as you, same mindset as you are going out and getting, going to bars and just getting loose and talking to each other and talking about feelings and doing things we probably shouldn't. And talking about their childhood and weird things you don't want to hear about. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. So, (laughs) um, so I'm just saying you, we could start with that. Like me and you could have a weird, dark conversation about something and then immediately lead into talking about pre-press. You know what I mean? Like that's how it goes. We, we could laugh and joke about stuff and then we're like, okay, yeah, but like, seriously, like what about this metric or something? And it's like, to me, that's what makes these events is the, you can say networking, but it's just like us going and talking to other people on the friendship of like, you know, get your core like group of dudes and girls that you're they're all trying to do the same shit as you and it just motivates you to like do better as a company one thing that i and not to like toot you your horn because y'all have been tooted enough um but (laughs) yeah put your horn away um but you have brought faces to people that maybe i'd seen like stills on their Instagram or like seeing their perspective of things, but very usual. It, it's not very common to have someone like turn the camera on themselves in our industry. There's a couple of the vain ones. You see nothing but them, uh, right? Like Andy, I'm just kidding. Um, but for the most part, you don't really see them. So when they're guests on shirt show, it actually brings a lot more humanity to that Instagram handle. Um, so when I see them in person, it, uh, there's not really like a, Oh, Hey, hi, how are you? It's a, Oh, what's up? And it's almost like you already know that person too. Yeah. So it's actually yeah. made the events even more fun because I already know all these people that we've probably never actually interacted, but because I've watched them for one to three hours, just talk nonsense with you guys. It's like, yeah, I know exactly who you are because I've basically hung out in the room with you listening to you talk for three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so that also makes it a lot more fun. It also changes the dynamic from, like I said, it's, I don't think it's networking anymore. I don't want to use the term like brotherhood because it doesn't sound inclusive, but like whatever it is though, like it really is. It it should be. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound non-inclusive like brotherhood and sisterhood, but brotherhood, right? Like it's anybody who goes in these places, even if they are like completely dressed differently, they're super bro-y, they're tribal tatted up, whatever. I'm still going to get along with them because they're amazing people. They're in the brotherhood. We know that we're, we're doing the same thing, just some different style and aesthetic. We're all in the same exact boat literally at the end of the night on the same exact boat too. Right. But mm. together kind of fighting this journey at all times, arm in arm. And that's, that's well, the funny thing. The funny thing is, is like you go, you go to these other network networking events or whatever, say you're going to a chamber event or something. Everyone there is in a different industry and you, you're trying to meet people and you're like, fuck, I don't know what to talk to about th- with this guy. And I don't know who to, what to talk to about this guy. I feel like at events like this, you could literally walk up to like, if you're new and don't know anybody, you can walk up to any group of people and just start talking because we're all talking about the same shit. And that's I why like me and so many conversations walk in like, uh-huh. Yep. Right. Me and Andy two days in both were looking at each other of like, I haven't stopped talking in fucking two days. Like, all we're doing is talking about the same topics, the same things to like just different people, which is amazing. And I'm glad we're doing it. But like after 48 hours of just constant conversation, I was like, I need to just sit in a room and stare at a wall for like 
an hour and a half before I go do this again. Yeah, the drive home was really <laughs> relaxing, you know, not to think about anything and just drive in pretty much silence. I mean, Jojo felt the same way. So we just sort of drove home and I... I mean, you guys are celebrities. That's also part of it. Like you guys and Bruce and like uh, Brett, like, yeah, you you don't get a break. I, I don't have that problem. Luckily, I was able to... Well, it was amazing too, because this was one of the one of the bigger events that we've been to since like pandemic stuff and doing church show so much. And like, I would walk into a room or walk into an elevator and someone would be like, I listen to you every morning. And I'm like, Hey, nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> That's who jumped out of the bushes uh, when you were walking back alone to your hotel. <laughs> I love it though. It's so awesome. Cause it's the same thing. It's like, like you said, like if you go to ISS or processors or whatever, it's like you do that once uh once a year or whatever. I feel like for shirt show for me and Andy, it's like we kind of get to do it on a smaller scale every Sunday. Like we get to have these conversations. So before you um, go, Matt, I have some responses from, uh, we asked um, um, what are some takeaways? And I have a few, I'll read them. One of them is that I should have bought my tickets when I had a chance. Mm -hmm. Hanson says, don't drink tequila. Mm -hmm. um, one of the Christina's says, Jojo is the fucking best. I read that to Jojo and she laughed and loved it. Mm -hmm. uh, the coach Beard says, don't be afraid to say no and get the client to focus on the value of the asset as a whole. Kind of goes into what Dylan was saying about saying no. Uh, Bruce says, or whoever answered this from Printavo, maybe it's Luke, not sure. But he says, don't use the bus company. <laughs> so mm, yeah. you want to tell that story? Uh, yeah, so we were all set to take two different buses they made sure before we got done like hey a bus is going to leave at four and a bus is going to leave at 420. um make sure you don't miss the buses because at 445 the boat is leaving it was a chicago architecture tour boat uh, with a bar on there and at like i don't know 4 30 no buses have shown up and bruce and luke are on the phone calling calling it turns out they're the first one still stuck in traffic and the first one had to go pick up drop off come back so not going to make it. So Luke just kind of like yells at the crowd, hey, you can Uber. Here's the address. We're walking. Uh, so it's like a mile and a half walk. And the, <laughs> the crew gets split up by like a big light, a big light. And like we, 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 we lose the like three people in those bright orange hoodies. They're like, whoa, they're gone. No one's phones are working because you're like right along the river and all the giant skyscrapers and Verizon's just the worst. So like no one's maps are really working. I kind of end up with a, with a, a pot of people. I've got uh, the machine, machine gun graphics folks with me uh, and some other people. And they and start us. to, and, 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 but then, yeah, but then we split up again. Cause I'm, I chase like one group who turned out to actually be the correct group. They went ahead on their own and they found it the quickest. So they went one way, y'all went another way. And I was like, I don't know where to go. And then uh, me and the machine gun graphics folks end up going a totally different way, crossing the river to the wrong side and then having to literally mm. run a back across and then get down there while the boat's like waiting for the last, like, we're about to launch, we're about to launch. And I'm like, no, and come running in and was covered in sweat and caught my breath for the next 25 minutes. Well, the best part was, is I, again, because of how much stuff we were doing, I took a nap and I told Andy, I was like, I'm going to take a nap. Uh, I'll be down for the boat thing. And I like set an alarm, woke up, Andy texted me, where are you? And I said, uh, what time's the boat thing? He's like, now. And I was like, 
oh, okay. So I like sat up in bed, put my shoes on, walked downstairs. And then just like a sea of people started walking. And I was like, where are we going? Does anybody know what's happening? Everyone's like, I don't know. I'm following the guy in front of me. And I asked that person, like, where are we going? They're like, I don't know. I'm following that guy. I was like, we're just a crowd of people aimlessly following people. I was like, you know what, though? I liked it. I think it turned out, honestly, for the better because it wasn't, the weather was nice and we all went through a stroll through the streets of Chicago. We got, I think we got a tour. We got a tour of the smells of Chicago, is what it really was. (laughs) There's a little truth to that, too. (laughs) It was, it was a little stinky, but it was, it was gorgeous out today. It's cold and disgusting. So y'all lucked out a lot. It's been raining all day. Uh, But yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. And then it was, uh, that was on the Arctic Tour where I had to break the news to Amy that yes, uh, Chicago's on Lake Michigan. Um, so the, the more, the more, you know, then we got to go have some, some awesome tacos afterwards. So that yeah, was we did to dinner. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I, uh, I, I ousted myself into the Andy, the Andy family dinner, but, mm-hmm. uh, it worked well. Yeah. I think all in all, I had an amazing weekend. Um, I always get inspired going to these things and try to change things in my business. And I'm going to add four or five notes to my board of stuff that we're going to all talk about and try to implement and do different things. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's good. I, I super appreciate Brett and Bruce and everyone involved in setting the whole thing up and I can't wait to do it again next year. Same, my other takeaway was that like three people told me I'm the uh, the junior version of you. So I think we can, right. well, we, I'm, I'm the, I'm the, the, the cheap knockoff Pokemon version or the- Well, that's what we the, said the, is the, what did we say? Bulbasaur? Yeah. I don't yeah. know jack shit about Pokemon. I just, I, I, I imagine Bulbasaur is the fat one. Um, <laughs> but I was the, and I don't even know how this works out, but you were like the one before the holographic. Right. So you're the, you're the high end Pokemon card and I'm just the, the I'm the standard, one that's worth standard, like standard, five bucks. standard level, level D evolved version of Dylan. <laughs> um, so at some point I'll find my full form and I'll be, it's okay. Be Dylan. Check this we'll out. Just, I want to, I have something to share. Look, this is Joanne's. She brought this book. All right. Brand new. This is her thing. And these are her notes. And like on the green, it says Ricardo. So there's Ricardo. This is what I have from the, from the whole thing. This is fantastic. Check this out. So she took notes while you like, just spaced yeah, like, out. This says, nice. <laughs> right. This, this is everybody. And it keeps, and it goes on and on. So you can scan those and send them to everybody else in the class. So perfect. Yeah, and there's doodles. Thanks, Jojo. There's good doodles in there. Do you know, do you know, Matt, for, uh, are they putting a lot of this online as far as this, I the talks? Will, I believe everything is recorded and will be put online. Yes. Okay. Because there's a, there's a couple that I would like to go back through. And there was one I obviously t- took a nap because uh, I really wanted to hear Jack Prince. I've, I saw him talk at ThreadX. But he was one of the shops that when I very, very first started, inspired me to want to have the shop that I have. So I really, he was wanted, he I was... really wanted to see him speak again. And then, uh, but I was like taking really long blinks while I was listening to him. <laughs> and I was like, I have to go take a nap. So I missed like two or three after the, after him. Matt, yeah, do you for... have a few more minutes? Sure. You good still? Okay. Yeah. Cause John, Logo Daddy John is here and he has a story to share about Ricardo, the first speaker, which you missed, which I think you might like. You ready? Mm-hmm. Let's bring him in. Is he always popping in? Yeah, I was just, just gonna do a phone call, but no, he's ready. 
I think he just like pulled in his driveway too. Oh, and seriously? jumped out of his car and he's ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that handsome. What's man. up, dude? What's, <laughs> What's up? up, boys? How are you? Good. How are oh, you? you? You just made it back? I literally, I walked in the door and um, like ran down to my wife's office uh, to jump on the call with y'all. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm like three hours of sleep, man. It's rough. <laughs> yeah. I, we're all in the same boat, I feel like. <laughs> Worth it. Yeah. So. <laughs> so you had a story? Um, yeah. I, I mean, man, it was crazy. We, um, on one of the breaks, um, Ricardo, so we were just, I just kind of walked out in the hall and, um, you know, Ricardo Crespo's story was just pretty awesome. You know, he's a pretty awesome guy. So I walk out in the hall and I saw him and he was talking a lot about, you know, he does, uh, they did a lot of branding and stuff for Nike. And I, so I was like, I started talking to him about budget and stuff and just different things and told him that we do a lot of branding in our business as well as screen print. And so we kind of just start diving into that. And then he starts asking about us and he goes, Hey, you know, he goes, what, you know, what do you think? Um, he said, is there anything that I could do? Um, to maybe help out your, your bit. I'm like, wow. Like, yeah, I'm like, wow. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, well, I go, I'll tell you what, I'd be honest. I would love to have you talk to my design team. And he goes like, literally just throws it right out. He's like, I'll do better than that. He goes, you fly me in and he goes, I'll spend a day with your entire staff, your design team, everyone. And he goes, uh, I'll, I'll tell my story. We'll, I'll, you know, I'll just talk with them. He goes, uh, he goes, I just want to give some things back and do some nice things for some people. And he goes, I really love your story. We've been talking and he goes, I, uh, you know, he just basically threw that out there for me to fly. Him in. He goes, if you don't take advantage of it, that's on you. <laughs> I said, I'm taking right. advantage of it. So yeah. we've already reached out. We're already setting it up and uh, can't wait to have them come in. That's awesome. That's so, super cool. Pretty epic. That's super rad. Yeah. 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 He's a, I should have gotten him first. And Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. Sorry, everybody else. I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking that one as quick he as He actually possible. said, I don't know if you saw, <laughs> so, did, did you catch the end of that where he said, um, free hour to anybody. one hour, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. To, to everybody in that room. Yep. Listen, when you start, when you start like unfolding the layers of that guy, I mean, it doesn't get, I mean, it just doesn't get any bigger than that, you know, <laughs> in that world. So we're pretty, we're, we're, I'm, I'm super stoked about it. My wife, when we left that, we quickly talked my wife was in tears as she walked to the, you know, she had to go like wipe away her tears. She's a crier, but she was, it was pretty, it was pretty awesome meeting and uh, he's a pretty awesome guy. Looking forward to that. Yeah, that's cool. I think his his. So what are, thing, what are you all been talking about? You. The whole time. We're just talking about how handsome you are the entire time. It's extremely handsome. We're all, it's mostly Dylan and I saying that we're jealous and right. someday we'll be there. I, I appreciate that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could I have was, more spicy was, meatballs is what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That was epic, too, as well. Second yeah. favorite memory, spicy meatballs. <laughs> mm -hmm. The funny thing about that, and I'm going to talk about it, is uh, Frank wanted to take me and Andy and John came along to, to dinner. And Frank was totally fully intended on, like, paying for dinner. 
and taking care of us and everything else. And Andy pulls his card out and pays for dinner. I look over at Frank and Frank is legit pissed off. He, he was. He I was. heard about it the next day. So I know that he was pissed. Yeah, Apparently was. Uh, a Chicago thing is if you, you know, if you intend to pay for dinner and somebody else does, then you've got beef. Actually, you're, you're supposed to be shot in the head right there. So yeah. um, you're in. I'm surprised you've you insulted alive. them. That's yeah. That's mm. the yeah. funny thing was Chicago, I was, Chicago rules, yeah. man. Chicago. Rules. I was in between them, and I look over at Frank, and he's just like shaking his head in disgust. And Andy's paying, and then he, <laughs> Frank's like, "No, Andy, for real." I'm like actually pissed off, and I'm just like, Ugh. like Frank's gonna punch through me to Andy. Yeah. And then uh, Andy yeah. looks. Andy baller turns and looks at Frank and he's like, you're just going to have to be pissed off at me then. And I was like, Oh, dad's well, the mad thing, now. The, the thing is, is he invited us, he invited us to stay in that, that place. Um, um, oh, we couldn't get reservations. That's what it was. And so we couldn't yeah. go where Frank wanted to go. And I said, don't worry about it. Let's rain check that thing. And then I had reservations or I got reservations at this place. And so I felt like I got yeah. those reservations. I should pay for it. And so it kind no, of it made sense. No, you were you were a great person for doing it. I just it was just a, one of those moments of the weekend to me where I was like, I don't want to be in the middle. Still of feel it. like Frank with yeah. all those screens and all that welding. He's totally got like a mech warrior yeah. thing he can like get into and come yeah. to you. It's a giant giant <laughs> screen screen mech Frank just coming at you. Frank's really, a good sized man. I don't think I want to piss him off. Yeah, I had a really great time hanging out with Frank. He's such a good dude. He is a great dude. The yeah, Frank buttons were genius, good. also. Well, John, we got you on here. What was your biggest takeaway yeah. from the weekend, other than Ricardo? Just a lot of the speakers were great. I mean, Josh Merrill um, with Liquid Graphics. I mean, wow. You know, when you you hear these guys' stories, and you're like, you know, I'm running a shop with like. 15 to 20 employees and I'm thinking I'm pulling my hair out and chasing my tail some days. And then you hear him say, well, right now we have around 400 and we're, you know, and I'm just thinking 400 people. Like, Yeah. And in fact, he, I think he, I want to say he said he was hiring or he had spots for 87. Did you hear that part? Yeah. He said he was trying to hire and he would hire 15 of the hundred and then lose 15 and have to hire another. He'd be back at square one or something. Yeah. It's nuts. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I think the biggest thing with him though, too, that was inspiring was he, he wasn't a printer. He was a sales guy, but mm -hmm. he knew what he wanted. Like that was his mm -hmm. biggest thing is he's like, I know what I want. I'm not compromising yeah. on anything. And yeah. if you're not going to give it to me, then I'm going to start my own shop and this is what yep. I'm going to do. And then that's what he's done. And I think the craziest thing about his story is that he's not contract. Like he's direct to customer. And he's just like delivering on yeah. everything. He's like, nope, this is the quality it's going to be. This is when it's going to mm -hmm. be here. And he's hitting those marks. And that's why his shop is what it is, is because he's just very driven to do what he said he was going to do. He's a man of his word. Yeah. Impressive guy, for sure. You know, too much trust for to, me. Yeah, I didn't get to meet him, but I would have, you know, I would have liked to shake his hand and hopefully some of that magic comes to where I can control some, suck some of his soul out. Things that well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, any any closing statements or? Um, I just want to uh, thank the Printavo team, Bruce, um, everybody who was who who put this event on. Brett, I mean, what an MC. 
That guy's yeah. uh, a genius. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, that's hard, amazing. isn't it? That's like a really tough job to to. Well, he always guests. makes it look so easy, though. He's just such a <laughs> chill, charismatic human. It's he he's consummate MC, and he's great at it. And yeah. what about his adorable son walking around the entire <laughs> the <time>? damn cutest? <laughs> like you hear a little baby giggle, and you're like, oh, there it is. <laughs> How is Dylan, so Dylan or the baby giggling? It's one of the two. Right, right, right. Yeah. There was one thing we, we didn't touch yeah. on, and I feel like it was a big topic that we were talking about, was the Bella Canvas guy. Oh, yeah. I was getting ready. He's So I had three notes written down, and he was my third because, man, how impressive is – like, again, those guys, like, those guys blow me away because, like, I don't know. They're just so kind of high level. He was, like – I mean, he can – anything you could never be mad or anything at that guy. Like you can, you can be, you can call up and be pissed off about supply chain and he'll talk to you for like five minutes and you go, Hey, is there anything I can do to help? You know, he's like, it's he just, impressed me too. Like I so thought incredible to me, those guys. My takeaway from Chris was um, one, how do I be confident like that? Yes. Um, that's just so, um, yeah. Uh, so inspiring anyway. It makes me want to be better and more confident. Elo- eloquent. Just like everything was eloquent so too, yeah. de- delivered yeah. so well. His resume, you know, when like when um, they were reading it, I think it was Bruce that was interviewing <laughs> him. It just went on yeah, and on like, and on, right? Yeah, it's like Harvard, Yale, everything, you know. <laughs> yeah. But um, one of the things that um, he said about Bella Canvas that made me uh, kind of get excited was that you know, because for us anyway, you know, you've been hearing like, oh, the end of the supply chain thing, the end of the t-shirt madness and all these shortages is, is this date. And then it pushes out to another date. And then you're thinking like, this was, this is really, is like, is this the new normal? Will it ever correct? But what he had to say really uh, made me comfortable to think that there is the light at the end of the tunnel. And what they said was that they have the largest cutting facility in the world in LA and they are um, implementing or opening a new mirror They're image facility. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in, yeah. In Montgomery, Alabama, which will be this, they'll have the two largest uh, cutting yeah. facilities in the world. And that he thought anyway, their forecast is that they're going to be caught up in mid April, 2022, yeah. which really isn't that yeah. far when you think about it. No, that's not far at all. That's not far at all. We can survive till then. If it gets better then. <laughs> right. If it goes a lot longer than that, we're all going to be in trouble. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, he, it, he was really impressive guy. And like you said, cool, common collected. I mean, I don't know if there's, if there's somebody you want to be, it's a guy like him, you know, <laughs> it's like he can handle I think it. I'm, I think I'm missing a few degrees. I'll work on it. Harvard, <laughs> yeah. here we go. We yeah. don't need it. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> Figure it out. I'm missing all the degrees. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks, Matt. Thanks, John, for hopping on and talking with us. Uh, we we really w- wanted to do an episode yeah. today. We all feel like trash, I'm sure. Um, but we pulled it through, and we just needed to do a brain dump of this weekend. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, we're yeah. running on fumes, yeah. and we are all going to hey, drive thanks. straight home and, and go to bed. I was happy to see you all in my city. I, I hope to see you again before next Sprint Hustlers, but if not, definitely at the next Sprint Hustlers. I'll, I'll be there to do some awful things with you. So, You know I'm in. We can feed each other weird <laughs> things and wherever else the night takes us. Right, exactly. <laughs> all right. Andy, we'll go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie. You'll watch. Right. <laughs> He's like, oh, what are you we guys might. doing over there? <laughs> 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 alright guys have a good night yes guys okay.